Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place, and I'm joined here, as always, with my co-host, Ben and Colin. In today's episode, we're going to be talking uh, a little recap of the NCAA tournament. We haven't had a podcast since we gave our predictions, uh, so we'll do a little recap on that. And then our MLB predictions, one of my personal favorite episodes to do every single year. Uh, so let's get right into it. The tournament. Um, what the hell happened with this tournament? It was on crack. Stephen A. Smith, it was on crack. It was on crack. Obviously, we have um, we had our first round upsets. We had the Cinderella story, um, and we had some big time matchups. One of the, probably the most anticipated tournament matchup of all time last night in Duke, Carolina. And we had our Cinderella in St. Peter's. The only thing we've really missed in this tournament is some game-winning shots. We haven't had any buzzer yeah. beaters. But we still have one game left for a buzzer beater. We get Kansas, North Carolina in the championship. I don't think any of us saw this coming. Um, Kansas was the one seed, but they were probably the one seed that the least amount of people were picking. And North Carolina, the eight seed, who – in the middle of February, was 0-7 against quad one teams, finds themselves in the national championship. What the hell happened? I don't know. There's no explanation other than it is March. It, it is March. I think you um, put it, I, Yeah, go ahead. I think you put it perfectly, Colin, when you said no one really saw this championship matchup coming. I mean, not that you should really listen to my take on this tournament because my bracket was horrible. I My champion was done on night one. Thank you, St. Peter's. But um, th- this this national this national title game between Kansas and North Carolina, North Carolina, we all kind of just, at least with me, it was like maybe they'll win a game or two, but can they compete with the big dogs, the one and two seeds? Probably not. And then they go on this run. They did get some help matchup wise. They they avoided a few what could have been tougher matchups, but still they they played really good basketball at the right time. Um, Caleb Love last night with an absolutely insane shot one that'll go down in, in North Carolina history for for sending coach K out into his early retirement and then with Kansas I I completely agree with you Colin probably the one seed that the least amount of people were picking I mean most people um, had Gonzaga winning the whole thing not most people but a lot um, a lot of people also at Arizona at least making it to the national championship so that knocks out two right there and then what, what was the third other number one seed that I can't think of Baylor Baylor yeah which was, was- that was like maybe the craziest game of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So I think North Carolina had the 25 point lead. Brady Manick gets ejected for a questionable elbow. And then Baylor storms back and sends it to overtime. That's crazy to look back on, though, because I think we all thought everyone that was watching that game thought UNC was dead. Like, there's no way blowing the 25 point lead that they were going to win in overtime without two of their best players. And they somehow pulled it off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I don't remember. I wasn't really watching the game, but I was following on Twitter. And to see that they had blown this gigantic lead, it was a classic. You think, okay, there's this – all the momentum is gone. It's We've seen this story before. This could be an epic collapse that goes down in March Madness. And then, like you said, Colin, without a couple of their best players to do it in overtime, I mean, it's, it's even more insane to look back now on it in that they're in the championship game. If they lose the next round, okay – whatever they they survived another couple days or another week but the fact that they're here now is just pretty special 
And what a fucking way for Coach K to go out. Let's get a round of applause. Exactly. Send him to the retirement home. I'm a Duke hater. I think you guys are Duke haters as well. Coach K is done. It would have been incredible, um, obviously, to see him lose to, like, Cal State Fullerton or even the the Izzo, whatever. But the fact that he goes down – I mean, North Carolina ruined his, his entire retirement tour. The entire thing, his final home game, he had, he had every, you know, he he only makes it about the players. He doesn't make it about himself. Exactly. But everyone there, you right? know, wearing, wearing K on their shirts. Um, and UNC comes in and spoils it. Now in the final four, it's insane that this is the first time that these two te- schools have ever met in the tournament. And North Carolina gets the best of them yet again. It's a beauty. It's a beautiful thing to see. I will say, as weird as this sounds, I think Duke-Kansas would have been a better national championship matchup in terms of a better game, Um, and we'll get to our predictions here in a second. But it was a fantastic game all around, and one where with under a minute left, Duke was winning, and then you had a couple big shots. Um, And then the no-and-one call, where I can't remember exactly who shot it for for Duke, but the no-and-one call, um, and end up Duke losing by two buckets. So... It's it was a great game, like I said. Um, if, and just for me, I think the next game would have been better, the national championship, if it was Duke versus Kansas. But as I've proven multiple times these last couple of weeks, my college basketball analysis is not very high because I just can't seem to get anything right. I do remember my one prediction uh, before the tournament was that the SEC were frauds, and I'm glad that's the one thing I got right during this tournament. Because you look at teams like Auburn, they lost in the first weekend. I mean, I think didn't all the SEC teams lose in the first weekend? Tennessee, um, Tennessee, Tennessee lost in the second round. Yeah, they, so that was the first weekend. Yeah, they didn't make it out. Kentucky obviously didn't make it out. Um, Arkansas was the Arkansas. Arkansas yeah. Yep. Yeah. Alabama lost first round, I believe, to Notre Dame, and yeah. Arkansas was the one that made it out. But I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, no, did Auburn, lose, did Auburn lose to Miami? Was that was that? That was Sunday? second round. Okay. Second round. That was to uh, Miami. That Arkansas game, though, um, in the second round, they're playing New Mexico State. Worst basketball game I've ever watched. <laughs> it wasn't even good defense. It was just shitty play all around. But that's gonna happen sometimes in these games. They're dog fights. Every point matters. Um, and New Mexico State was the other one that we didn't mention um, that had the upset in the first round. They were the 12th seed. They beat UConn when Teddy Allen had 37 points, um, but they, he just could not buy a bucket in the second game. And then they go on and beat Gonzaga because, of course. Of course. You want to talk about a great game that's going to get forgotten? That Arizona-TCU game won on the Sunday. Yep. A couple weeks Incredible. ago, that was an yep. insane game. Where really, we're maybe a second, half a second away. I know Arizona didn't make it past that, or they didn't make it past the next round. But TCU was a second away from winning that game in regulation. Or excuse me, Arizona a dunk, a layup away yeah. from winning. Yeah. And then I think the only other team we're forgetting, and not to give credit to the Big Ten, but uh, Michigan came out of nowhere. They did. It was them and Purdue that made it the furthest out of the Big Ten. They made the second weekend. Purdue 
those are the two teams in the preseason that were supposed to be the top Big Ten teams, supposed to be top ten teams. Purdue just cannot get it done in March. I feel like every year um, they have such high expectations and they just cannot get they cannot get there. One year there's another Big Ten team that's like that. (laughs) I mean, they're kind of all like that. I mean, yeah, Iowa, I'm thinking specifically like black. I think, I think you're referring to Iowa. I personally do not have those expectations for them. I don't think anyone really but does. But you have them in the final four. Well, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got to be optimistic. <laughs> Come on. Um. Okay, so for my Cubs pick later, you can't give me shit. Yeah, yeah. I wait till my Sox pick. Well, that's that. That's different. They're favorites. The the thing with the Big Ten is um i i feel like especially this year is they're very deep and people have discarded them for that but they did go nine teams deep in this tournament i think they were all deserving to make it it's just they don't have um the firepower at top that maybe that the big 12 has or maybe even that the sec has at least for this season illinois was another one they beat chattanooga by one point and then lost pretty pretty badly to houston the next round Yep. Yeah, uh, I was I was really pulling for Nova. It sucked that uh, the one wasn't his last name Moore. Justin Moore, yeah. Justin Moore got hurt. Oh, I mean, I watched that uh, Nova Kansas game pretty pretty hard. And if I, I think if if Moore plays and you just take away how insanely hot Kansas was in the first eight minutes of that game. I still think Nova wins. Yeah, it's possible. The The problem was, and I mean, I know more would have helped, um, especially early on. Uh, maybe he would have guarded uh, Ochai Agbaji, who had a terrific yep. game. But Insane. Nova did not have the size to match uh, Kansas's big McCormick. McCormick, yeah. But I they did a better job of him in the second half, especially when he started to get foul trouble. It was just simply the fact that two minutes into the game, they were down 10 nothing, And even another five to eight minutes after that, I think Kansas was up 19. And I, I still believe for the final 25 to 30 minutes, Nova played as good, if not outplayed Kansas. It was just early on. It yeah. Immediately, right off the bat, they lost. And that's going to happen um, when you got Jay, Jay Wright at your, as your head coach. He's He's got that championship mentality. The whole team does, especially Colin Gillespie. He's a hell of a player. He it was sucks. insane in the second it half. It sucks that um, his college career is coming to an end. But, yeah, they got, they got, some, uh, they got some dogs on that team. They don't, they don't back down. Yeah, I know that was your championship pick, correct? Yep. Because of their free throw shooting. Uh, hey, I they they best they of almost all time. made it. Best of all time, best of all time, and not to mention they went a hell of a lot farther than a lot of other people's picks. They did. Kansas, I think, ended up having. I mean, their road to get here wasn't that bad because they had Creighton in the second round, who was without their best player. Uh, he got hurt in the first round. They right. then played Providence. I mean, had one of their best seasons a while, but it's still nothing. It's not a huge threat. They played mm-hmm. a hot Miami team um, that – And lacked, almost lost. 
That's not they, fair. they almost they, lost. They were down in the they were down the first half. They ended up blowing them out in the second half. Well, that's they what, did that, struggle they looked, for a little bit. They looked Miami, terrible the first half. Miami, yeah, Miami had them for a little bit. Miami just lacks like big, strong, quality bigs. Right. Um, and they exploited that and they did that again against Villanova, who is without one of their best players. So their road to get here isn't that terrible. And when you look at now, they get to play an eight seed North Carolina team. Um, this is probably one of the I don't want to say easy because nothing's easy in this tournament but one of the easier paths compared to other championship teams. Easily. But I said we get into our game predictions. Who do you guys have? I'll go first. I alluded to this slightly a little bit earlier. I think Kansas wins this one uh, as much as I don't like it being a Mizzou student. Um, I don't have the same hatred for them that Missouri residents born and raised here do, but still – it, it, it hates for me to pick them, but I'm taking Kansas in this one. I think Kansas actually wins this one by 10 plus. Um, it's it's going to stay in my in my pick. It's going to stay kind of close throughout the first half, and then Kansas will kind of pull away at the end. So that's my game pick. Uh, I don't have a final score, but I'm taking Kansas by 10 plus. Colin, I went back on back and forth on this. Um, I love the Carolina roster. Caleb Love has exploded. Um, when he, when he's hot, he's hot. I mean, uh, he killed UCLA. He killed whoever, uh, Duke. I love, uh, Baycott. He's incredible, but he, you know, he just hurt his ankle. I wonder if that's going to affect him in this game. Brady Manick is streaky. RJ Davis is a terrific point guard, but I'm going to have to go with Kansas here. They have. It's tough. I just I like their roster a little bit better, and they've been playing terrific defense. Um, they have the best player in the game in Agbaji, and Remy Martin's been so good for them off the bench. Um, I'm gonna go with Kansas here. I think their roster is deeper, and I think that the fact that they have guys that can come off the bench and hurt you, and North Carolina doesn't, that's gonna be the difference. I mean, that's fair. Um, here's my process of why I'm picking UNC. My boss at work picked the Jayhawks to win it all. I told them, told her, there's no way Jayhawks are winning it. Uh, I'm taking Villanova. Obviously, Villanova lost the Jayhawks. Therefore, I cannot root for the Jayhawks. Therefore, they're not going to win. Uh, let's go UNC, Tar Heels, baby. I mean, it's – I can see it because they got guys – Caleb Love and Brady Manick can get crazy hot and start knocking down threes, and there's nothing the other team can do about it. Baycock could go and grab 20 boards, um, even with McCormack on him. So it's very possible. They're just going to have to play the game at their pace. They're going to have to make their threes. They're going to have to rebound well, and I that's going to be their key to success. And you see the one problem is, is exactly what you just mentioned about UNC, how hot they can get. Kansas can do the exact same thing, and we saw that on Saturday. So that's I, – I like Kansas' chances of that happening just slightly more than UNC. I don't know, though. How many titles does Bill Self have? Uh, I have no idea. It's not no. a – I'm going to look at the same. I'd like to say he has one. We'll see. I mean, because 
there's been so many of these years in the past, especially the past decade, where they come into the tournament as a top seed and then are bounced in like the round of 32 of the Sweet 16. Yeah, they're um, – if you guys remember in 2020, the season where um, the tournament got canceled because of COVID, Kansas was the number one overall seed that year. Yep. And they pretty clearly looked like the favorites going into the tournament, so that was unfortunate for them. I, I believe he won it in 2008. Yes. So this is his fourth Final Four for Bill Self. Um, he, they beat, he went in 2018. And this, yeah. They this beat season. Memphis the year that Chalmers hit that insane shot. Yep, yep. yep. But that's And it. then this is Hubert Davis. This is a UNC coach. I believe this is his first year with the team. Yeah, yep, because Roy retired last year. Yeah, I was reminded of this yesterday, and I because I totally forgot he retired on April Fools, and all of us had to wait and make sure that he was being serious. Yeah, because I I totally forgot about that until someone brought it up like yesterday or the day before. Um, because for a while I just forgot that he even he even had retired until I saw him in the stands of one of the games, and then I just was like, oh, that because ha- I was we were on the way home from somewhere, and I saw the tweet, and I just like this has to be a joke, but at the same time, there's no way old man Roy Williams would think to do that so it's cool seeing him at all the games though yes it's oh awesome. yeah it's it's got to be weird just that completely different perspective um as a coach you know he's always on the sidelines you know arms crossed um keeping his cool but now as a spectator on the side or in the crowd you know he's pumping his fists in the air he's getting rowdy it's cool to see that from like a coach um sitting in a different spot yeah, I it'll be interesting to see because it. I know Coach K will definitely be compared to that because we'll see Coach K at some Duke games uh, next season, and I will laugh my ass off if there's videos of like Coach K coming down like courtside and like talking to whoever his replacement's going to be, trying to give them some uh, tips on how to coach these kids up. <laughs> I forget the name of his replacement. I don't know anything about him. I don't. I it'll don't be, know either. It'll You're be the college basketball guy, Colin. I know they did. They have another good recruiting class coming in next year, so they're not going anywhere. See, that's the thing is because I know how much we love to hate on the Coach K retirement tour, but I think just as much of that was to give the replacement a chance to recruit all year and have everyone else know that he's not going to be there and not do the recruits dirty like so many other coaches have. And look now because we, they've given a whole off season, a whole year for the next guy to recruit, they still have a top recruiting class. So I think that is just as much to do with it, if not more than the whole retirement tour, make it about me things. So that's the one gripe I have with everyone saying that he's just trying to have the spotlight. Like I, I think part of that was him trying to leave the program in good hands. Yeah. Fair. And it, it's one other thing I love though, um, with like a team like Duke who has a bunch of one and dones. Well, they don't have that many this year, but like, Bancaro, for example, he's going to be a top five, probably top three pick next year. Is they, I love when those players still get emotional after a loss like that. Um, I remember, I remember when Kentucky lost in 2017 with like De'Aaron Fox and Bam Adebayo, they were crying in the locker room, even though it was like they were only with the team for one year and that was it for them, but they still showed that level of emotion. I like seeing that out of a out of a player like that. Shows that he really cares. 
I think uh, one last thing we have to talk about is Duke not uh, doing the handshake lines at the end of the game going to tarnish Coach K's legacy. That's how he's going out. Not a good look. Bitch made. Bitch made. I. You almost wonder if he was uh, if he was trying to pull a Jawan Howard. You know, oh, you always got to think about those things nowadays. The old man exactly. wanted to go out with a bang. Who knows? Yep. All right. Are we ready to do Major League Baseball? Of course. Never been. All right. So, as I informed Ben and Colin, Major League Baseball offseason was phenomenal. However, weird because it was two parts. And a lot of people forgot about what happened in the first part. So, as we go division by division, kind of talking about each team, I'm going to first. Um, tell you who they've added in the offseason as well as who have they lost. Does that make sense? Yes. Gotcha. Right. Perfect. And then, so we'll do that. We'll go through each division, kind of briefly go over most of the teams, and um, then we'll do predictions. Uh, that sounds good. Let's go ahead and start with the AL East. Let's start with the Baltimore Orioles. Let's just get them out of the way. All right. Orioles definitely not going to be doing much players. They've added that you guys may or may not have heard of uh, Robinson Chirinos. He's the backup for the cub last year. It wasn't bad. He'll probably be their starter this year until Adley Rutschman comes up. And they also added Rubneg Odor to play second base guys. They've lost Matt Harvey, surprisingly. And fuck. They actually, they're looking into bringing him back. I read yesterday. Are they really? Yes. And well, don't forget. There you go. Don't forget for the Orioles. They tried to be on Uncaro's career. Very important. Yes. They tried. Yes, they tried. They tried. Um, they also lost Pedro Severino. He was their catcher last year. Um, but really out, the big right? thing with the Orioles is that um, they have guys. It's just a situation of where do they want to go for it, build around it, or maybe move a couple guys. They have Rutschman the catcher, the the next Buster Posey people are saying, except he's a switch hitter. Or uh, do they try and trade off guys like Trey Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle, uh, Cedric Mullins, who had a great year last year? Um, those are the big questions. The next team we have are the Boston Red Sox. Now, they were very busy. They added Trevor Story, Jake Diekman, Rich Hill, Michael Walker, and Jackie Bradley Jr. However, they lost a lot of good guys. Adam Onovino, Eduardo Rodriguez, Kyle Schwarber, and Hunter Renfro. Any any thoughts on the, the uh, Red Sox? The one-for-one one Renfro for Jackie Bradley Jr. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I know doesn't. you get vastly improved defense from Renfro to Bradley, but – even though Renfro is not like a, a top tier hitter, he still provides more than what Bradley does because Bradley at the plate last year was atrocious. So it doesn't make a ton of yeah. sense to me, but definitely some big name moves, especially with Story for a team that was uh, what in the ALCS last year and is going for it again this year. Yeah. Um, the next team, the Yankees, they added Tim LaCastro, aka the fastest man in baseball, Josh Donaldson. Isaiah Kiner Falefer, great name guy. Uh, they re-signed Anthony Rizzo. 
That was their off season. But they did also lose a lot. They lost Odor, Clint Frazier, Corey Kluber, Andrew Heaney, Luke Voigt, Giovanni Urshela, and Gary Sanchez. Any thoughts on the Yankees? I mean, those those uh, those batters that they lost, that's not the end of the world. I mean, Boyd, it, I yeah, mean, they, uh, they have replacements for all of them, definitely. That's um, very replaceable. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's a matter if the Yankees can stay healthy. It's I another offseason. Sorry. I unfortunately think Donaldson's going to work out very well for them. I know he's getting older. He's probably – 35-ish around about now. Something around there. Um, I, I I don't know because I thought it was interesting right off the bat when I saw he got traded. How is Donaldson going to work with Garrett Cole on the same team? Well, well there was a yeah, video well, of Donaldson trying to talk to him in like spring training. Garrett Cole was like just nodding his head. You can tell he's just like, just, dude, just stop yeah, talking. Yeah, he looked annoyed. Yeah. I don't know. I think I can't wait for that. Um, is – so Isaiah Kiner Falefa, he's their sharp starting shortstop now. He'll play shortstop. He's weird because he's also played a handful of games at catcher. So I'd be interested to see if they put him behind the plate a couple times because they still have Labor, DJ LeMahieu. They just added Josh Donaldson. They re-signed Rizzo. Um, they still have a lot of guys. They could say healthy. I think the Yankees can be very dangerous. Oh. A clean-shaven Donaldson. I don't know about that. And the hair. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. This, uh, I, I lied. This might, this might be the decline of Josh Donaldson. We might finally Ooh. see it this year. Ooh. If he doesn't have the the little hair sticking out of the back of the helmet, and he doesn't have his flow and his little beard, I don't, I don't think it's gonna work for him. Interesting. Interesting. I was just, I was just gonna say earlier, it's another offseason of the Yankees claiming they were gonna get the top free agents and spend all this money. And they, instead of getting Correa, have Kiner Falefa. So, I mean, they had the one off season where they get Garrett Cole. And outside of that, I mean, the past couple off seasons, there's been big name free agents and they missed out on Correa. They missed out on Freeman. So, yeah. Who knows? I, this is going to be such an interesting roster because it's a, they add another hitter of like home run or bust. And it just, that's the entire lineup now home run or bust. Yep. Uh, the next team, the Tampa Bay Rays. Very interesting because the I looked through their transactions. The only real player they added this year was Corey Kluber. They didn't add a whole lot. In fact, they lost a whole lot, um, which I'll get to. But they're really banking on uh, their prospects coming up and playing uh, well. And we'll get to that when we get to our predictions. But it's a bold strategy because they lost Joey Wendell, Jordan Lupo, Mike Brasso, Nelson Cruz, and Colin McHugh. Those guys were really big for the Rays over the last couple of years. Everyone knows Brasso from hitting the uh, home run off of Chapman in the 2020 playoffs. Interesting offseason for a very, like, analytical-based, uh, not – going to spend a whole lot of money i think the nelson cruz loss could end up hurting them because it was a it was a power hitter middle of the order and obviously up there in age but hasn't shown any sides slowing down so we'll see i mean they always seem like they know what they're doing so yep colin anything um (laughs) 
I'm I know you're not excited. the baseball guy. I'm but. just excited to watch Wander Franco play. Yeah. I Randy mean, Orozarena, love that guy. I'm going to uh, White Sox Rays in April. It's mm. going to be my first Sox game. I already got tickets. Uh, I believe it's the Saturday before Easter. Okay. I'm fired up. I'm going to be screaming at Randy like I did last year. I, it's As gonna, you should. It's going to be fun. We did lose the game last year, though. It was unfortunate. I think we, we lost that game and then won the next game, and it was like the whole, like, oh, the Sox are in first place in the AL, and everyone's freaking out. Didn't last, but it was fun. <laughs> I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping the G spot's going to be rocking. Good, good. The Toronto Blue Jays. Um, some might say the kings of the offseason. They added uh, left-handed pitcher Kikuchi, Kevin Gosman, Yimi Garcia, Matt Chapman, Rymel Tapia, and as of today, catcher Zach Collins. They and, lost guys. Sorry. Such as... Kirby Yates, Marcus Simeon, Robbie Ray, Stephen Matz, Randall Gritchick, and then Reese McGuire. I'm not totally worried about the the Robbie Ray loss because you substitute that with Gosman. And I know Ray, obviously, the Cy Young Award winner, and it's not just going to be a one-for-one. But you still have a good top of the rotation with, with Gosman now. You still have Burrios. I'm not as worried about that. What I'm worried about is the loss of Simeon. Because he yeah. was huge for them on the right side of the infield at second base. I know you had Chapman and you can move some guys around, but Simeon was really good for them last year. MVP candidate, that's why. I don't know but about I you. Do you like? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I really like the addition of Rymel Tapia. Um, that outfield's kind of a can be a little bit of a mess, but uh. I, I know that they have Guriel playing left after that. I don't really think they have like a set in stone guy in center. Well, I guess they have Springer. I kind of forgot about him. He was hurt a lot of last year. But I do like the addition of Rymel Tapia. That's a good lefty bat for a lot of uh, right-handed heavy lineup, something the White Sox probably should have done, but we'll get to them. Oh, I'm um, getting a left-handed bat. But I like it. I like what the Blue Jays have done. I do too. I think I like it enough to the point where I'm going to pick them to win this division. Mm. I love their pitching. I'm so glad uh, Jose Barrios is out of the AL Central. I don't. I don't know. I I love their offense. If there's any team I'd want to be a fan of, other than the White Sox here, it'd probably be the Toronto Blue Jays. They get a full season to play at home. I think they're going to be the most fun team in the AL to watch. Oh. That's a bold. Is it bold? I mean, when you look at all, uh, there, the- there's still a lot of good American League teams, and when honestly, at- one through four in the AL East could be a coin flip because the blue. The thing with the Blue Jays is, is that they really don't have anyone. Bold. Okay, they have Jordan Yamamoto, who kind of emerged as their closer last year, but he's still like a really young guy that got a lot of luck with uh, defensive help. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't love the bullpen, but it could be – they're going to score a lot of runs. I think you're right. It is going to be fun to watch. Well, you know what that means, if no bullpen. It means they're going to get into some high-scoring games. 
You got Vlad, you got Bichette, you got Hernandez, you got Springer. I can keep going. It's going to be a very fun team to watch. They're going to score a lot of runs. Um, and, yeah, it'll. I'm interested to see if Gossman will be able to – he won't replicate what he did last year, but if he can have something close to it. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, let's move on to the AL Central. Let's go with the uh, favorites. Let's get them out of the way. The Chicago White Sox. They added players such as Vince Velasquez, Joe Kelly, Josh Harrison, Kendall Graveman, who I completely forgot about, and then very recently they added A.J. Pollock, Reese McGuire. They lost guys such as Carlos Rodon, uh, Ryan Tapera, Cesar Hernandez, Craig Kimball, and then Zach Collins. Colin, let's let's just start with you. It, it was a disappointing offseason. There's, there's no sugarcoating it. Um, the A.J. Pollock pickup recently made up for that a little bit because they did need a right fielder. He hits well against uh, righties. So I don't hate it. Um, there's still positional needs that were not addressed. So it's a little disappointing. I'm glad they were able to deal Zach Collins today for a catcher. I've heard, of, I've heard some good stuff about. He's he's not going to be your long-term catcher. That's the, no. that's the only thing. Right. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they try and make another move. They do have pieces like Gavin Sheets that could be dealt. Um, I would have liked them to acquire a starting pitcher because, I mean, you have Michael Kopech at the four spot when when everyone's healthy. And you still have either Keiko or Reynaldo Lopez at the five spot in the rotation. I don't like that at all. The bullpen's going to be good, even though we lost Crochet for the year. Um, not worried about the offense. And I guess Pollock defensively in right field is an upgrade over one of the first basemen we would have thrown out there. So I don't know. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a great year. I just wish um, they would have been a little more aggressive in the offseason. I think that's a good that's way to fair. put it. I mean, for a team that's definitely their window is open to compete right now in an AL Central that is better than it was last year, for sure, it's it's still not a super competitive division um, and one that they should run away with. I think it would have liked to see them be a little bit more aggressive. But still, I think from what they were able to salvage out of Craig Kimbrell, I mean, it's clear that they, in the first trade, Kimbrell with the Cubs, they lost that one. They screwed that up. Um, and now, obviously, they get Kendall Graveman, so there's no use for Kimbrell. I think what they were able to salvage for that was really, really nice. Getting Pollock in right field definitely fills a position of need. And if you look, I believe there was their lineup today. Their lineup that they put out for today's spring training game looks like a preview of what could be the actual regular season lineup. I mean, I like it a lot. Um, just the the hole that Pollock fills, it, I'm not really worried about this team's offense. Josh Harrison isn't great, but he definitely is. He has a role and he's not, he's not terrible, um, but it's up and down when their starters are healthy, the offense should hit. And if they can figure out the back of the rotation, they'll be fine. I've said it before and I say it again. I, I love this AJ Pollock deal. It does address a big need for them, but it was my problem with the sock last year. They are so right-handed heavy and I get it. They also have switch hitters, but I still think you just need, a left-handed batter too in a lineup. Call just call me old-fashioned or call me a hater, whatever it may be. I think Grandall will be able to do good from the left side. I'm still not sold on Johan Mokata yet. 
Um, Gavin Sheets, I don't think he's going to be an everyday player. Um, but other than that, you just don't have any lefties. And I think that will eventually come back to bite you again. You should be sold on Yuan Mankata. I think he's still underrated. Um, he hits. He just he hits a lot better against righties than he does lefties. A lot better. That's fair, but I know he's great defensively. Don't get me wrong. He found he's found a home at third base, but as a switch hitter, a guy who used to be a, a top prospect, you know, he's been in the bigs enough years now for where he needs to start putting up the numbers that people were, you know, saying that he's going to be. People were saying this is a guy who can hit. 330 bombs and going to win MVPs. And now that's looking like another teammate of his, Robert, but I, I need to see more out of Johan uh, Mokata. Call me a hater, whatever. I don't care. Anyways, we'll move on to a team I really like this year, the Detroit Tigers. They added Michael Pineda, Andrew Chafin, Javi Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Tucker Barnhart. And really the only guys they lost this year were Matthew Boyd and Negro Goodrum. Goodrum was really good from last year. But the main story with this Tigers team is that they are bringing up their two top prospects. I think right away, Torkelson is already on the opening day roster. He's going to be a stud. And I don't know if Riley Green made the opening day roster, but he's going to be up very soon for Tigers and you look at how good they did last year being a lot being a surprise team having some young guys do some good things and the guys they're bringing up and the guys they've added I really like this Detroit Tigers team also people may not remember managed by AJ Hinch great manager and year two of Casey Mize I mean I feel like that kind of work I mean top pitching prospect in baseball wasn't great in his time in the majors last year but at the same time wasn't bad but I think a full offseason now being entrenched on the big league rotation, I expect him to take a step forward. So I, I still – they might be one more year away, but it would not shock me whatsoever if the prospects come up and hit and this is a team in the wild card hunt come, come October, or late September. Yeah, I, I think um, for me this is definitely my second-place team in the AL Central. I think – I don't know if they will, but I think they're going to hover right around the 500 mark. I think they're going to win around 82, 83 games, which I, I would see as a successful season for them. Um, but when you look at these other three teams, I think I think their roster clears. Yeah. And this is also probably Miguel Cabrera's last year, probably. Not confirmed, but probably. So keep an eye on that. The next team, the Minnesota Twins, very strange offseason. They added Chris Archer, Carlos Correa, Dylan Bundy, Joe Smith, Sonny Gray, Giovanni Urshela, Gary Sanchez. They lost Haneda, Angelton Simmons, Colome, Donaldson, and Mitch Garver. It's like you didn't expect them to be going for it this offseason, and yet they did. And I get it's a team that's two, year, two years removed from winning a division and being as good as they were, but it, it felt like they were kind of on the downhill and then they kind of switched all up this offseason. And this, it's, uh, the Korea thing is interesting because it either turns out amazing or it turned into a one-year stop for him 
in route to a longer term contract. And I know his agent Boris said that they're not looking at it like that. I don't trust the thing Scott Boris says. Um, so True. we'll see if it would not shock me whatsoever. If this is, if Correa plays great this year, then this is a one year stop. He opts out and then signs a seven year, eight, seven or eight year deal next off season somewhere else could be in Minnesota, but I, if I had to put money down right now, I am guessing he doesn't play the full three years of his contract. Yeah, and uh, Byron, you get a healthy Byron Buxton this year. Hopefully. I I need a full healthy year out of Byron Buxton because yes. in such a limited time, he was awesome last year, and the dude is is electric. And so I think if if I was doing a list of like five players I want a full season of, um, because they could put up great numbers, Byron Buxton is right there at the top of it. Yeah, shout out, shout out Matt Schultz, his favorite player, Byron Buxton. There you go. It's unfortunate that he won't get to uh, start in this all-star game, though. He's got a better <laughs> better center fielder right, right ahead of him. Nothing Interesting. Interesting. My only thing uh, to say about the Twins is, is that not a lot of people are talking about it, but I think it'd be a really interesting organizational move if they signed Correa just to trade him at the deadline to get a lot of prospects. Because their farm system – is good, not great. I, sh- I should say it's above average. It's an above average farm system, but you get a haul for a guy like Carlos Correa. I that it's a game changer for prospects, at least. With the Twins, I think their offense is going to be good. Their pitching rotation has the potential to be pretty horrible. Like it, mm-hmm. it could be very serviceable if the top of the rotation guys, but they're kind of banking on some some back of the rotation guys having nice seasons. I shouldn't say it could be horrible, but it certainly could be the reason why they're five to 10 games worse than what they should be. Yeah. They need a, they need a Bailey over breakout year or something. If you take out Sonny gray on paper, that rotation is terrible. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, The next team, I think we can go over really quick. Cleveland guardians. They really didn't do anything. Um, the only thing they added was Sandy Leon. He was a catcher for the Red Sox like a couple years ago. That's the only thing. Uh, they lost Wilson Ramos and Harold Ramirez. So they kind of just stayed put. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't see this team competing. However, they may end up trying to trade guys like Jose Ramirez, Shane Bieber, Framil Reyes, Manuel Clase, guys like that that they would get a very good haul out of. Yes, please trade Classe. Please. <laughs> that man that man has some nasty stuff. It'd be um, nice. Sorry. It would be nice for Cleveland to start seeing the return off of the Bauer and Clevenger and Lindor deals and all those prospects. Because you know they're not going to pay money for big guys. So they're banking on those trades panning out in the end. And they, without a doubt, should extend Jose Ramirez because he's worth it and and keep Bieber and those guys around long-term. But just knowing how cheap their owner is, will they? Who knows? Yeah. How many times are you taking over under two and a half times this team gets no hit this year? I'm going under. It. I feel like it was at least three last year. It was twice. It was My three God. teams got no hit twice. That is off, I remember correctly. Probably the most boring team in baseball, other than maybe Pittsburgh. Probably, I should say, I should say American League. 
I think you can make the case major league. We'll we'll get to Pittsburgh. They have a couple couple fun things to talk about. But next team, Kansas City Royals. Not a whole lot. I think the big thing with them is uh, Bobby Witt, baseball's number one prospect, who's going to be an absolute stud. Colin, you're going to fear this man for years. Um, well, he's getting compared to Trevor Story, and he's going to put up Trevor Story type numbers in. Coffin Stadium, not Coors Field. Will he? Yeah, he's he's insane. They also got a first baseman that'll probably play this year, at maybe around September. Nick Prado, big lefty. He's going to be a guy who's going to hit a lot of home runs, but not a whole lot. They added Amir Garrett and Zach Granke, and they lost Mike Miner. That's about it. Other than that, not a whole lot with this team. Yeah, nothing special I here. The Royals for like trying to stay competitive a little bit with some of the players that they have. Like, I don't think a Carlos Santana type guy makes a ton of sense for this roster, but they keep him. I think, uh, I think they could have traded Whit Merrifield and got a decent return the past couple of years, and they didn't. Um, and my favorite, me and me and Alex, shout out Alex, favorite player Adalberto Mondesi is back. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he really played at all last year. Was he was, was not like a top ten prospect at one point? He was, um, just has dealt with a lot of injuries. That's kind of his thing. We get Salvi Perez going to hit fifty dingers. I'm just excited. Yeah, I don't know this. I'm excited to watch. Uh, what's his name? Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt. I'll see what Bobby Witt's all about on uh, on opening day. I'll be there in person. I'll see if hey if he can get his first hit off Shane Bieber, I'll that'll be a historic moment. I'll be there for that. You you better watch what you're saying now because you'll regret it later. Just saying. <laughs> uh, let's go to the AL West. We're also going to try and pick up the pace here, going a little slow. AL West. Um, I'm just going to mention all the guys Oakland A has lost. If you can do like a like the the military trumpet noise in the background for all the men they've lost, they lost. Chris Davis, Starling Marte, Jan Gomes, Josh Harrison, Mark Canna, Trevor Rosenthal, Jake Diekman, Andrew Chafin, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, Chris Bassett, and as of today, Sean Manana. We really shouldn't be talking about this team because their owner is allowing them to be a disgrace to baseball because as of today, there are five teams whose average monthly payroll will be higher than the Athletics' entire season payroll, which is just disgusting. Disgusting. So what's um, that? Like thirty-five million, approximately. 33. Oh my god, that's, that's terrible. I that's terrible. I, it's just another example for um, the MLB to make change, and I I really hope they do within the next five-ish years. Yep. Let's talk about the Texas Rangers. They added a lot. They added Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, John Gray, Cole Calhoun. This might surprise you. Also weird you out, Ben. They added Matt Carpenter. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool if it was like five years ago, but he was kind of horrible last year, so. Yeah, no, I just – I think it'd be interesting it, to see him in a Rangers uniform. It is – like – I don't know. You, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he gets playing time. 
in a middle infield that's really, really good. I mean, I'm sure they could play him one of the corner spots, but the yeah. dude can barely throw a baseball anymore because he's had arm injuries. And the last time he was really good was the whole MVP salsa campaign year. So, yep. But yeah, that's one of yeah. those guys where it's like he's not good anymore, but you don't really want to see him play anywhere else. Right. Um, the thing with the Rangers is they added a lot of big name guys, but at the end of the day, they they don't have a lot. And I don't really understand signing Simeon and Seeger and trading Joey Gallo at the deadline last year. I just this is an organization that doesn't know what they're doing. I don't have a lot of faith. I think this team is finishing in fourth place still. Um, any thoughts on them before I move on to the next team? There's still a couple years away of prospects. Yeah. I mean, I don't see this team really competing until Jack Leiter gets there. I'd agree. Dane Dunning's a stud. Going to be their best starting pitcher this year. Uh, well, maybe by default. Um, regardless. Let's get to the Angels. I like what the Angels have done this year. Um, They added Brian Tapera, Archie Bradley, Michael Lorenzen, Aaron Lube, and Noah Syndergaard. They didn't lose a whole lot. They lost Dylan Bundy. Maybe that's the biggest guy. But other than that, they added pitching, needed pitching. Other than that, they just need Trout and Rendon to stay healthy. Is Syndergaard going to play? Like, he, I feel like he hasn't played in, like, since way before COVID. Well, they they signed him to a one-year deal, and he's healthy now. I don't know how much he's pitched in spring training, but he's he should be ready to go, and he'll fit in, you know, probably at their, what, number two starter behind Shohei? Probably. Like I, the, I, I couldn't name any other of their starting pitchers. Yeah, it feels like they always have horrible starting pitching. So, I mean, if they can take a step forward, they'll be more competitive. Um, they're opening the season actually with six-man rotation with um, I only know three of them, Shohei, Syndergaard, and then Lorenzen's in the middle to back end of it. Um, but the offense I don't think will be a problem, especially if Rendon stays healthy. But it's just can they pitch? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if Jared Walsh can have a season like he did last year, you had a healthy Trout, healthy Rendon. Um, I think they could, they could definitely um, – make some noise on offense and we get some Mikey muscles this year, Ben. Yeah. I, I'm excited. He's finally going to get the chance to start. Um, I was reading over the course of the offseason, the Reds wanted him back, but that dude grew up and went to school in California. And he basically said like, it's not that I want to leave Cincinnati. I just want to go back home and pitch. So no, that's, that's one I'm not upset about him leaving. I mean, it makes sense. And who would want to stay in a rebuilding team? So I'm very excited for him to finally get a chance to start because he's been great in a multi-use, like, reliever slash emergency starter role. So him in the rotation will be fun. And I hope, because Joe Madden has been known to do this in the past, even though they have the DH, I still hope Madden gives him a chance to hit every once in a while and play the outfield, which, I mean, Joe Madden is the same guy who played Pedro Strope and Travis Wood in left field in a game. So it would not shock me if he lets Lorenzen play outfield. I'd agree. Michael Lorenzen, I can't wait. born in Anaheim, California. Went to Cal State Fullerton. What a what a childhood that would be. Yeah, I mean it. I mean this dude has grown up like he he wears the Vans cleats like total like California guy. So it was the writing on the wall when he was a free agent that he was going to find every way to go back home. 
Yeah, he he could sacrifice that skyline chili for some palm trees. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> in his situation, I think he makes the right decision. I mean, I'm sure his this dude is like a very heavy like workout guy. Like, I think the workouts will be much more oh, fun on the beach than the Ohio. We see the results. Yeah. All right, next team, Seattle Mariners. Popular pick by many to win the AL West. I have them finishing second. Bit to why? Um, they added guys like Rob Gray, Adam Frazier. Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. Yes. And also, wait for the podcast. I'll mention they added none other than Billy Hamilton. Yeah. He made yes. a terrific yeah. play in spring training already. He's already yep. making already making highlight reel. He's gonna be missed on the south side. I'll, I he was there for about half a season because he, he missed time with injury, and they absolutely loved him. He got he got ovations there and he played probably like 60 games. I mean, oh, yeah. if the dude could ever hit even 250, 260 for a season, he would be he would be an everyday player. It's just because once he's on base, he's very likely if, if he gets on first with a single, he's very likely going to be standing on third later that at bat after two steals. It's just the dude can't hit above 220, and that's just been the problem his whole career. But for the rest of the Mariners, uh, Winker is going to be a great addition to an outfield that looks absolutely stacked if their prospects perform. Uh, the other addition, Suarez, that was essentially just taking on his contract to get Winker. I think Juarez, Suarez slightly bounces back, but it's it would not surprise me if he gets moved out of the everyday third base role if he's not hitting um, in the mid to high 250s because he wasn't doing it the last two years. So, But that, yeah. that outfield for the future, I mean, Winker's still 24, 26, whatever it is. You have him, Kelnick, Julio. That's that's a that's an outfield that's set to dominate for years to come. Yeah, it. I th- think it's really going to depend on how Jared Kelnick does because he was the big guy and he came up and he he was he was just awful. I mean, he did not play good. It did not look like he was ready. He was kind of up and down after they ended up calling him up, but. I think you're asking a lot from a lot of guys. I don't. I like this team. Don't get me wrong. They're going to be competing for one of the six playoff spots now. Let's not forget. But I still like the Astros to win this division. I do too. And, and I think people are forgetting that they kind of overperformed last year. I mean, their hitting last year was not good. They were a 90-win team that really was like a 75-win team. I mean, right. I think I, it was it was an MLB on Fox article I read. It, they literally said they were a ninety, they were a seventy-five win team disguised as a ninety-win team, and they should be better this year because they've added a couple legitimate major league hitters. But if they don't, if they didn't get that Jesse Winker trade right before the spring training started, they had really not done a whole lot the offseason. So we'll see. I yeah. think I would not be shocked if they go right near five hundred this year if all things don't go right. Man, I didn't watch a whole lot of Astros last year, um, but that that their offense in the playoffs was generational. So if it wasn't that good in the regular season, man, that's unfortunate that they flipped that switch at the. At oh the no, we we were talking about Seattle. We just threw the Astros. Oh, I was gonna say, I heard yeah. Hugh. I, hey, I walked. I I was flipping my channel because we had, we just had a great NASCAR ending there, but I won't get into that. And I heard Houston, so I was like, was their offense not good last year? I was like, like what no. is. I, I, we were saying that we're still picking Houston to win the division because even without Correa, like for a while, wasn't Correa hitting like sixth or seventh? Yeah, in I their lineup, I think they had him lower. I mean, it's last year they lost Springer, 
Alvarez was coming off of injury, and Correa, I believe, got off to a slow start. Same with Altuve, and they still and Bregman. Numbers. Let's yeah. not forget, Bregman wasn't good either. Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez will both probably be perennial All Stars for the next five years. Yep. I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton of issues with the Astros right now. They got Nico Goodrum to be the replacement for Correa, and I think that's a great pickup. A guy who can play literally anywhere and switch hit. I think it's a great pickup. Um, let's, we'll definitely start picking up the pace here. Let's go to the NL East, the Braves. Braves, busy offseason. Yes, they lost Freddie Freeman as well as Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler. But they had a phenomenal offseason, adding Matt Olson, Kirby Yates, Kenley Jansen, and Colin McHugh. I think this is a team, if, if they can get healthy once again, should be back competing in October. I mean, they're not going to have Acuna right off the bat, but you bring him back, your outfield is still going to be really good. You replace Freeman with Olsen, which Olsen won't mean the same amount that Freeman did at the city, but your infield is still going to be really good with Riley and Albies and Matt Olsen. And if you can get – because I don't know necessarily know Soroka's injury timeline, but already their top three of Freed, Charlie Morn, and Ian Anderson is really special. So – I don't see any reason to believe why this team can't win the uh, the NL East. Oh, yeah. I agree. Next team, the Mets, they were also busy. They added Max Scherzer, Eduardo Escobar, Starling Marte, Chris Bassett, who I think is a really underrated pickup for them, as well as Mark Hanna. This looks so much better like a week ago until both DeGrom and Scherzer came up with injuries, which obviously Correct. DeGrom wasn't an offseason ad, but Scherzer was, and that has a chance to be an insane one-two punch. But how healthy? I'm not too worried about Scherzer as much as with DeGrom because this is now the second year in a row of injuries with DeGrom, and DeGrom's shut down for a month now. So, And then the one other thing that I worry with the Mets is it seems to be a trend with this team of all going hot and cold at the exact same time, um, yep. especially with like McNeil and Pete Alonzo. I love the starring Marte edition. I think he's really good, but uh, they need to avoid just the drastic hot and cold stretches. Yeah. I think Frankie Lindor has a better season than he did. So why? Um, Cause he started off really slow. Um, but you're right. If they can find a way to get that starting pitching healthy, I think they can beat anybody. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more offensive consistency from them. Uh, and I, it, it, again, it would be such a massive, massive disappointment if this team fell short of 500 once again, let alone make the playoffs. Yeah. It, 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 they're very similar to the next team we're going to talk about. Uh, is it, Philadelphia? Is it probably. The Mets are probably – you think about their ads, they're probably top in payroll, maybe behind L.A. L.A. and I want to say the Yankees. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's probably close. I mean, they, they're paying Cole Shanton's contract. I'll fact check. But they're definitely up there. Um, yeah, as you fact check that, we'll talk about the Phillies. They're number two. Yankees number three, Phillies number four. Got it. But, yeah, no, the Phillies, another good offseason adding um, hitters, not so much pitching, which I think they really need to go after. They added Schwarber and Castellanos. 
They also added guys like Jerry's Familia, Bradhan, and Corey Knable, who, if this was 2017, would be phenomenal pickups. However, it's 2022. I think their offense is going to be really good. I mean, they really don't have a huge weak spot in the lineup until you maybe get to seven or eight. Um, I don't love Alec Bohm, and I don't even remember who they have playing in center field. Um, it's not Double Herrera. No, I don't even think it's that. I saw a projected opening day lineup today, and it was it was nothing special. So the, the but really, if you look at one through six, there's really no holes. There's a chance that the pitching stinks, um, especially after you get past Wheeler and Noah. And Wheeler, Noah, and Suarez, sorry. Suarez is a really good pitcher. But back end could be sketchy, and they could be absolutely atrocious on defense, especially in the outfield. Potentially the worst defensive team ever. You can't have multiple guys play DH, and this is a team with multiple DHs. Yeah. Both infield and outfield, actually. I mean, if you look at, arguably, they have four guys who maybe should be DH, and Reese Hoskins, Alex Bohm. Alec Bohm and Schwarber and Castellanos. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I would think all four of those should be. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, that's um, glad. Yeah, it, I you know you have a problem when in spring training Bryce Harper is taking reps at third base. Yeah, that should be a clear indication you have a problem. Um, but yeah, no. Next team, the Miami Marlins. Interesting offseason. They added Jorge Soler, Abisail Garcia. Joey Wendell and Jacob Stallings, all really good pickups, I think, for them. It's just a matter of the uh, pitching. How's the pitching going to do? And I think, well, excuse me, the pitching's going to be good. The hitting is going to be the big question. I, I wonder here, like what you mentioned earlier with possibly Correa, I wonder if Solaire here is a scenario where they just hope to trade him at the deadline and that's kind of their, their thought on signing him because it doesn't make a ton of sense. And I know he has opt-outs after the first two years. So I don't know. I I, I could see that um, going that way. That wouldn't surprise me. And they did the exact same thing last year with Adam Duvall. And I know Duvall was on a little shorter-term deal. But yeah, um, here's here's my thing. If It would not shock me whatsoever if come 2024, 2025, the Miami Marlins have a top-five rotation of baseball. They have, you can they, make a case they have a top 10 right now, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's good now, and it's going to get even better with some young prospects, young pitchers finding their way. I mean, what was it, Tyler, Tyler Rogers, Trevor Rogers, one of the Rogers, one of the Rogers, was they, rookie of the year for like three months last year. Yeah, they they added uh Jesus Lazardo in the trade for Marte, they also have uh Sandy Alcantara. Sixto Sanchez, Eduardo Cabrera, and they have, I think, another guy or two in the minors. Yeah. Max Meyer, I think, is like a guy who may be in the bigs next year. So rotation is going to be good. I think Jeter stepping down is a sign that the owners don't want them to spend money because they were rumored at the start to be on Castellanos because he's from Miami, and Jeter steps down. At I 100% believe that was because he was told, "Hey, we can't, we can't spend a ton of money," and he's like, "I don't want to be a part of that." So, right. Let's see, I mean, it's not like they should be going out and spending a ton of money right now, anyway. But I, I think if they would have locked up one player long term, like a Cassianos, it wouldn't have hurt. Are you guys 
Are you guys not buying into the firepower of Joey Wendell and Jazz Chisholm? Jazz Chisholm will be fun. Yeah, I love Jazz. Um, the his glove he got. You see the ice cream glove? Oh, it's a sexy glove. Oh, you can look I it up right now. Yeah, show me it's his a glove. sexy glove. Um, I think Garcia is a nice player though. That's a nice pickup. He had a great season last year. I like that even better than the Soler ad. Yeah. Um, but the last team, the NLEs, uh, the Washington Nationals, they added a lot of. Do you want me to go through all the old guys they added? Just for nostalgia reasons. Sure. Like, I love nostalgia. They added, they added Tyler Clifford, Anibal Sanchez, Nelson Cruz, Michael Franco, Cesar Hernandez, Carl Edwards Jr., Steve Ciszek, and D. Strange Gordon. The Nelson Cruz signing does not make a lot of sense to me because that's a guy no. that hasn't won a ring. And it doesn't, a guy would have totally guessed he would sign on a one-year deal somewhere, like either back with the Rays or some contender, especially with the DH now in both leagues, some contender in either side. But Nationals, I guess, um, look for a Josiah Gray, the starting pitcher. I like him a lot. He'll be good. He's going to be really good. I mean, they obviously got prospects in return for Scherzer and Trey Turner. It's just when will those guys make an impact? Right. Um, Yeah. it will be fun. Real quick with the Nationals, it is so insane that they won their championship at the like very end of their title window. Like you have exactly. a, you have a window and you usually win earlier and like the Cubs won early in their window. Um, you see it all the time. The Nationals window was from like 2012, 2013 to like 2019, and they won like literally the last year possible, which is insane. You can make a case it wasn't because that was the year they lost Harper. Yeah, so even that. Yeah, but you still had like Anthony Rendon who had this is true type season. So, but I always feel like oh, like your title, uh, title run ends when you lose your best player. That's fair, but it was that's the circumstances they had that 2019 year. Like, think of another year where you had a healthy Steven Strasburg for the whole season and the postseason. I mean, they got they got very. I wouldn't say lucky. It's just they had a lot of things fall their way for what already was a really good team. But there were so many of the playoff runs where, like, someone would get hurt at the wrong time or they would go cold, and just everything clicked for them at the perfect time. Partially right. thanks to Trent Grisham, but yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on to the NL Central, and uh, I'm just going to toss it your way. Ben, take it away with your Cincinnati Dickballers. This team is going to be really good in, like, three years because they have insane pitching, and they have, they have some hitters, but – their hitting prospects are a lot on the younger side, so it's going to be a couple years. Um, I really like – I don't like the Winker losing him, but I like the pitching they got in return. It's going to really suck right now, and I think they need to commit to going full platoon this year because they, the, the guys they added in um, – it's nothing special with Tommy Pham and Donovan Solano, but if they really play the matchups with against lefties and righties – they certainly can be competitive because I think if Lodolo and Hunter Green have the years as rookie pitchers that we expect them to as top prospects, they can be competitive, but this isn't a playoff team, and it's certainly a step back from where they were go. I think they're going to be better than some people think. I'm not going to come out here and say that they'll win 85, 90 games, get a wild card spot, because last year I think they won 82, 83, and that would have been 
under the new playoff format, that would have been a wild card team. I don't think they get there this year, but I think their pitching will keep them competitive. And I, I another player that I want on my stay healthy list because the dude can hit Nick Senzel is having a fantastic spring. I know it's spring training, but all throughout the minors, he was hitting upper 300s when he was on the field. I just need him to stay on the field for a full year because it would not shock me if he's pushing 300 batting average. It's the Max Schrock breakout year. See, the pro- he strained his calf Schrock. in the spring training game today, and that makes well, that me sad. Sucks. Well, that yeah. sucks. Um, yeah, the Reds really messed up. I heard Shogo Akiyama is not going to make the roster. He so. is not going to make the roster, sadly, that, for yeah, Shogo. You're, your franchise is doomed. I'm so sad that he, he, in two years, never hit one home run with the Reds, which is very sad to see. But uh, talk about Mac. Max Schrock is going to finish spring training having hit in 23 at-bats. Max Schrock hit 6.09, which is mm. insane. I know it's spring training, but it's just funny stuff like that. Also, look for Jake Fraley to hit like 230, but have an on-base of like 330. That dude has a great eye at the plate. He can play all three outfield positions. It's not anything special whatsoever. But last year in 2021, he had a batting average of 210 and an on-base of 350. So the dude can get on base. I like him against right-handed pitchers. It's going to be an interesting year, and I would be totally fine if Joey Votto just totally sells out to like 50 home runs. Also, Joey Votto, it's a shame that we took this long for him to get on social media because he is a star. And it is you are you are missing out if you don't follow Joey Votto. I follow on both I TikTok follow. and Instagram. But it's hard to hate a guy like Joey Votto, even though as a Cubs fan, I should hate him for how good he's been over the last decade and a half. Um, if, but real quick, I think before, it. Yeah, go ahead. Before we move on, if their fifteen to four win over the Diamondbacks in spring training is any indication, the Reds are going to dominate this year. So I'm just going to take what's today, April third, the fifteen to four win over the Diamondbacks. That's what I'm going to take as my expectations for the season. The Reds are going to dominate. Well, if you're taking that as your expectations, then you should obviously take my bet I proposed. And That's... those who those who don't are not aware, I proposed to Ben a $100 bet that the Cubs would be better than the Reds this season. I just have absolutely zero faith, none whatsoever, that – the that's not what I just offers. heard. That's that's the difference. That's not yeah, what I yeah. just heard. So the offer still stands. I said the offer stands until first pitch of opening day. Yeah, we'll see. Man, no confidence. No, it's not that I don't have confidence in the players. I don't have confidence in our puppet of a GM. So yeah, well, my owner is trying to buy a fucking soccer team. Okay, but so there's yeah, no... he's he's clearly distracted. Exactly. You're saying when Tyler Malley goes out and uh. Has an all-star first half. He's getting dealt. Would not surprise me whatsoever because he's up for a contract extension in two years. And we know very well that Bob Castellini doesn't plan on paying that. Golly, I can't believe. About, so is had, Aristides Aquino, is he, making the, is he making the opening day roster? He is making the opening day roster. So Punisher Blast will be back, thankfully. Good. But I would That's like. That's all you can ask for. I would like his. Uh, his at bats against right-handed pitching to be kept to a minimum. Um, last last thing I was gonna say is um, I have it's really funny looking back on Reds general manager Bob Castellini, who said last year during the season when Castellanos is having his All Star season, he says some team is gonna pay him a lot of money, 
And it's just so sad that he said that and sees absolutely nothing wrong with that when you have an all-star in right field and you just refuse to give him any money. And what he's uh, five years, a hundred mil, that's not an outrageous contract. 20 mil a year is, yeah. I don't think that's outrageous whatsoever. So not. Yeah. Uh, let's go to my cubbies. Very interesting off season because they went out and signed a bunch of guys. Just none of them elite guys, not, not a guy to build your franchise around. And the thing with the Cubs right now, I think they have players to be a, a nice frisky team, a team to hover around 500. They just don't have a superstar. We don't really have any starters. The bullpen is filled with veterans. So I assume if we're out of or out of uh, position to compete, we'll end up dealing a lot of those veteran guys that we signed, like Michael Gibbons, uh, David Robertson, uh, Chris Martin's a big one. But really the hitting. I think this team can surprise a lot of people. Um, I think Suzuki, I don't know if you've seen a lot of say Seiya Suzuki. Suzuki. Exactly. Two home runs uh, in spring training. Exactly. He was a big power guy in Japan. Usually that takes a couple years to translate to the bigs. Um, it took Otani about two, three years. So I don't expect Suzuki to make a big impact day one, but you can already tell his plate discipline is just going to wear off on uh, this Cubs team because with the Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Schwarber era, a lot of strikeouts. And this team is going to be towards the bottom of the league in strikeouts with Horner, Madrigal, Seiya. Um, Schwindel's not bad. Yeah, Wisdom and Contreras are going to strike a lot. But I think the Cubs are going to be a third-place 500 team. That's my prediction. Man, this battle for third place is going to be electric. Exactly. Truly is. Um, Pittsburgh, um, the only thing I'm about to say about them is once O'Neill Cruz comes up, uh, it, that left side of the infield, key Brian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz is going to be really good. This I is, love me Brian Hayes. Yeah. This is the most classic, like, service time manipulation. I mean, it's clear oh, yeah. as day here, and it sucks yes. that it's still a thing, but, yeah, it's yeah. – that's, it. that's exactly what they're doing with O'Neill Cruz. He, Brian Hayes, I hope they work out an extension just because they need anything with the Pirates. They're still a ways away. But if you can have a left side of the infield set for a next decade, um, at least we think with their potential, then it's that's at least something to look forward to. But the pitching oh, for yeah. the Pirates is rough. I mean, they're God awful. So even, is it true? Is it true that their ace going into the year is Jose Quintana? Because that's what I'm seeing. I think it'll probably be Mitch Keller if he's healthy because that's just been their like high prospect guy for a couple of years now. But uh, it's not great. He had a he nice little six ERA last year. Yeah, he needs to figure it out because he's had all this prospect status and can't put it together in the majors. I feel for him. I hope he does figure it out, but it's been rough for him in the majors. The uh, their ace, their the guy who started opening day from last year, Stephen Brault is currently the Cubs, I think, number six or seven starter. Oh, give nice. you an idea. To nice. give you an idea. And, um, what was, and what was Jose Quintana last year? 
Quintana was like he was with the Los Angeles, was he? He was, was, he was an angel. And yep. Yeah, he was like a five starter, I think. If that it sucked. Yeah, not great. Um, not great then were you aware that they had Josh Van Meter? I actually was aware. He's been given now like another opportunity to play, and I I'd love to see him show out. Hopefully not at Great American Ballpark, but everywhere else, more than happy to have, to to support. Yeah, he <laughs> he he had a nice uh, .059 batting average in Cincinnati in 2020. That's the last we've seen of him in Cincinnati. It, it was it was atrocious, and they traded him for like a month of Archie Bradley, who actually played good baseball, but uh, I had much higher expectations. At one point in like 2019, like two months into his career, he was hitting like 300, and like this guy is a great plate discipline. He's the future, and obviously he's not the future. Well, one thing's for certain. Daniel Vogelbach is going to mash. Vogelbach. He, there will be so many blasts into the Allegheny, thanks to Daniel yep. Vogelbach. They could use a Derek um, Dietrich on their team. That's what they need. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the Cardinals. Um, just because I hate them. Uh, the retirement they decided home. They, yeah. <laughs> St. Louis retirement home. Yachty, Wainwright, and Pujols, all their final years. Um, hasn't one of them crazy. Not, hasn't, I believe it's Yachty. Hasn't he not totally t- declared he's going to retire? Well, I believe no. Yachty said Yachty said it was Wainwright said it or said he was still like thinking about okay, it. So I knew but, I knew one of Wainwright or Yachty hadn't completely guaranteed it. But Wainwright's been contemplating it for I think four years now. Even though he was wasn't he an All Star last year? He was really good last year. I mean, I he went fucking hate the Cardinals. I he went toe to toe with Scherzer in the Wild Card game, and I I feel like if he sucked, it would make the decision easier. But he's still good, right. and that's the problem. Like, how do you walk away when you're still a frontline starter? I don't know. I, I hate them. Um, their offense, their outfield offense is going to be really good, and then their infield offense is going to be dog shit. So just don't, be prepared like, for that. You mean middle infield? Because, I mean, they have Goldschmidt and Arenado on the corners. <sighs> I'm going to be honest. I completely forgot they had Nolan Arenado. I'm going to be 100%. Fair enough. I yeah, mean, he he kind of had a down year last year. It was not his best year by any means, but yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It it kind of depends if you roll if you roll with O'Neill, Bader, and uh, Carlson in the outfield, and then Edmund at second base. Edmund isn't terrible, but I believe Edmund is much better from one side of the plate, and they keep insisting he switch hits. So yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, they needed offense, and they added Mike Brasso, Andrew McCutcheon, and Hunter Renfro. I like the Renfro pickup. Um, other than that, the Brewers just failed to do anything on offense. And they have the pitching to be a World Series contender, but they have an offense to compete with a fifth-place team. Yeah, I mean, with pitching, especially their top three with Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, I mean, most games when those three are on the mound, they're going to get you six, seven, if not more, and then you can immediately just turn it over to uh, um, Devin Williams and Josh Hader. And even when those two are available, Jake Cousins was really good, uh, family member of Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, by the way, and then also mm. Brad Boxberg, who was resurgent last year. So the bull- back of the bullpen is great. Frontline starters are great. Even uh, 
Um, I can't, it's, it might be Eric Lauer. There's another yep. starter. Oh, Adrian. Eric Hauser. Lauer and Adrian. Adrian. Yes. Both of them. They're not terrible for four or five guys. So, yeah. but the offense, I like McCutcheon against lefties, but you can't platoon everyone. And Christian Yelich needs just need to show some resemblance of being a good baseball player, or at least the yeah. MVP level. We'll we'll see. Um, let's go to the NL West. Wild Wild West. The Dodgers lost Seager, Scherzer, Jansen, and Pollock. And usually, if a team loses something like that, it is full chaos, full panic. But no, they re-signed Chris Taylor. They uh, got guys like Craig Kimbrell, Daniel Hudson, and oh yeah, by the way, they got Freddie Freeman, the best first baseman in baseball. I mean, there are a lot of expectations. I hope they can live up to him because Dave Roberts literally guaranteed a World Series win. So expectations are high, but there's no reason to believe. I mean, the, the lineup is has potential to be great. Cody Bellinger might be terrible but that's not the biggest no, he the is terrible yeah he I is mean, terrible i don't want to take a ton of stock in his spring training but he there's like he's lost it he can't put the bat on the ball he's a strikeout machine at this point and yeah. their starters i mean front line is obviously great who knows trevor bauer might come back but maybe not but it's it's a there's no reason they shouldn't come out of the nl and i like yeah. the giants but there's no reason they shouldn't come out of the NL. You don't have enough faith in Carlos Rodon to replace Gossman? Well, well, we'll get to that. Actually, we'll talk about them right now. The San Francisco Giants. They lost a lot. They lost Gossman, Cy Young candidate, Chris Bryant, Buster Posey retired, Donovan Solano, really good for him over. Holy like, shit, I didn't know fans. Buster Posey retired. Yeah, Buster Posey I gotta, retired. I got to get back on my shit. I don't even know who their catcher is. Joey Bart. He's, it's Joey uh, Bart time. Oh, yeah, exactly. Joey Bart. He's yep. arrived. Yep. Um, But their offseason, they added a lot of pitching. They added Rodon. They added uh, Matthew Boyd from Tigers. They added Alex Cobb. Um, I think one guy, very underrated pickup that I did not know they added until I saw, Carlos Martinez. Hmm. If he can be anywhere near like 2017, Carlos Martinez. Well, I think I think even it's, in like a long reliever situation, he'll be solid. And but, you never know. I mean, the Giants the last couple of years, I mean, look at what they did with reviving Gosman, Di Scalfani last year, Alex exactly. Wood. Not that Alex Wood was ever bad. He just couldn't really stay healthy. So, I mean, it's, it's certainly a pitcher's ballpark. So he could have some success. Yeah. If they can, hey, if they can get a healthy Carl Sordon, Matthew Boyd, they still got they still got Disco, Mister Discofani. Webb um, is an ace. Yeah, he's good. Yep. He's really good. Logan of Webb, of course. He showed out last year. Doc Peterson's a really nice pickup, especially with the addition of the DH now. It's gonna be a yep. good team. There's no I, I. There's no way they uh they hit 107 wins again, but it should be fun to no. watch. Yeah, no. Um, next team, the Padres. Um, they added Luke Voigt, who I think will be a good pickup. Um, but other than that, not a whole lot. Or they did add Sean Manaya today. I did forget to add that to my uh, my list. But their rotation, if healthy, is going to be really good. And as long oh. as Fernando Tatis can stay off out of any motorcycles, in fact, of any just land vehicle, uh, they should be okay. 
I said this to you earlier, Donovan, before the show. I mean, Chris Paddock, I know he's not the same pitcher that he was three years ago, but right now, I mean, it's even have her spot in the rotation, maybe to start the year with Clevenger being hurt, but the top of the rotation should be pretty good. Um, and even the back end, I, I, I love you, Darvish. He's been really, really good. I think Snell is much closer to his raise days than he was last year. I, I, I still think he's a really good pitcher. So uh, they're, they're certainly going to miss the loss of Fernando Tatis for the first couple months. And the Hosmer situation is a little weird because it seems like they don't really want him. But if they can stay afloat, they have a chance to be successful come way to the season. But they can't have the collapse like they did last year. Oh, and also the, the improvement from going from Jace Tingler to Bob Melvin is drastic. Yes. Like that, I know Agreed. I don't put a ton of stock in managers, but that's going from D tier to A tier. And I think you could even argue going from like F tier to A tier. Oh, yeah. Great pitching depth. And who needs Fernando Tatis when you got the crone zone? The crone zone. The crone zone's so back. Ben, I um, forgot to mention uh, – I, I mean, listen, Joey Bart, you know, great prospect. Sure, he'll have a good career. But he's going to have to win that starting job over Kurt Casale. Kurt Casale, former Reds legend. Um, it's, it's He's certainly not anywhere near the player that Joey Bart is going to become, but he's a <laughs> oh, decent if defensive you, catcher, I guess. If you want to talk about uh, Reds legends, you should have seen what the Rockies did this offseason. The Rockies – very weird choosing not to re-sign Trevor Story and then re-signing Chris Bryant. I get it was kind of like a home thing for Chris Bryant. He grew up in the Vegas area, um, and a lot of people just assumed he was a Padres fan. He grew up a Rockies fan, so I think this is a bit of a homecoming for Bryant. Um, but they added Jose Iglesias as well as Scott Shepler. Is Scott Shebler have any chance of making the team out of spring training? Because Iglesias, I do not know. Iglesias is not a power hitter, but he puts the bat on the ball, so that's not right. terrible. But um, it's I don't know if he'll make the opening day roster, but as if he stays the full year in Colorado, I think you'll see him at some point. Who knows? I mean, he plays all right defense, I guess. Oh, um, and then finally the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, didn't really add anything. Uh, they added uh, Zach Davies. Boy, did he have a fall from grace. Um, <laughs> Ian Kennedy on a swan song. That'll be fun to see. And then uh, two-way legend Matt Davidson. There's some fun names on this roster. Oh, um, there we is. Have, we have Humberto Castellanos. We have uh, J.B. Bukowskis. And uh, can't forget about Seth Beer. I want. I remember uh, come him coming out of Clemson. I wanted the Sox to take him in the either sometime in the first or the second round, and uh, he went twenty eighth overall. It'll be. I. I'm. I'll be rooting for Seth Beer. That if he's good, that would make a hell of a jersey. Oh yeah, there you go. But those are all thirty teams and who they've added. Now it's time to give our predictions. Um, how about you just give me your three division winners and three wild card winners, and then actually, do you want to do awards or standings first? Let, let's just let's just do standings real quick. Okay, standings in the American League. 
I'll go I'll go one through six. In the American League, I have the White Sox the number one seed winning their division. I have the Astros at two winning the West. And I have the Rays at three winning um, the East. The three wild card spots, I have the Blue Jays as the four seed, the Yankees as the five seed, and my shocker team, I'm putting all my chips in and on the Detroit Tigers, the six seed. All your chips. So this is your Royals prediction, but just the Tigers this year. Yes. Okay. Who was your? I didn't hear the first two wildcard teams. So who was the Blue Jays, the four seed, uh, Yankees, the five seed? Okay. I have my division winners. I have to get my seeding in order. Is is the first thing. Um, I can okay. go through my division winners first. I'll start with the East. I think the Blue Jays come out of the East. I think the Rays take a small step back, and the Blue Jays take a step forward. I don't trust the Yankees just because I. I don't love the middle to back end of the rotation and I'm taking, I have to hope that they don't strike out more than they hit home runs because that's just a gigantic hole in their game. I mean, I, I would love to see them get, have added like a contact hitter and I guess Kinner Falefa can be that, but um, the Donaldson at the top of the lineup, we'll see how that goes. So I have um, the Blue Jays winning the East, the White Sox winning the AL Central. I don't think that's, I think they win that division by, between six and eight games. Um, I think it's closer than last year, but I think the White Sox win. And then the West, I also have the Astros. I think the Mariners um, are, are still a little bit farther away. Same with the Angels. And I think the Astros are still – their pitching really hasn't changed, so it's going to be good again. And they add in Verlander back. So those are my three division winners. For my wild card teams, um, even though I had the Rays taking a slight step back, I think they still – um, are, a, are a playoff team. There's no reason why they shouldn't make the playoffs. Um, let me find my other two real quick. Another playoff team that I have is I have the Red Sox making it as a wild card team. They have to survive a little bit because Chris Sale is starting with an injury. They lost Eduardo uh, Rodriguez. So their pitching is taking a little bit of a hit. They still have Iovaldi at the top, but I think they still are a wild card team regardless. And then this last one is tough because there's a couple of different teams I don't like the Yankees, but they certainly should be competitive enough to be there. Um, I want to pick. I want to pick the uh, the Mariners a lot. I want to pick the Angels too, but um, I'm going to end up going with the Yankees here for my final wildcard team, just because mm. they sh- there's there's so much talent there to like fail enough to miss the playoffs, and I don't know exactly what I'm going to get from the Mariners' offense, and I don't know what I'm going to get for the Angels' pitching. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with Houston. Houston's going to win the division. I got Toronto winning the East. And I think the Sox end up with the three seed winning the Central. Um, I, I can already tell based on uh, what just happened now. Lance Wynn shut down four weeks. It's going to be another year of fighting injuries. Um, hopefully we can stay healthier. And we did last year and we don't lose Luis Robert and Jimenez for half the year. But I think uh, I think our front office is gonna it's karma. They're gonna pay for their, for uh, for not going for it this year. We're gonna get third, fourth place, um, first wild card. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Boston. I like Boston's roster. I'll go Tampa for the second, 
and Seattle will finally end the drought and they'll make the playoffs as the last wild card. Interesting. I like it. Let's go over the NL. Real quick, who who is your division winner for the East, Colin? Uh, Toronto. Okay, so you have the Yankees. I think you and I are very – did you want – you picked Seattle over the Yankees, and I picked Yankees over Seattle. Oh, yeah. I did, yeah, no hesitation. I want to pick Seattle so bad because obviously they're fun and they add two players that I love from Cincinnati. I just – I need to see it first. Their offense has to take a step forward. Yeah, they have a lot of – I mean, even even like – I for, totally forgot they had Adam Frazier. Honestly. Yeah. That was just such Adam a – Adam Frazier's a guy White Sox should have got. Uh, yeah, they should have. Nice lefty bat. Instead, they settled for uh, Cesar Hernandez last year. Hmm. Yeah, that's not winning chips. Tough, but let's go over to the NL. One seed, I got the Dodgers. Two seed, I got the Braves. I think that's going to be and well, Brewers the third seed. I'm pretty sure, I'm confident to say it's going to look like that across the board. For the wild card spots, I have the Giants, the Mets, and the Cardinals. As much as I want to pick the Cubs here, there's just no way. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year, but they will be a very fun team to watch. I will say that. I'm glad. I'm glad you you held off on the Cubs wild card prediction there. Um, we'll get to mine real quick. I'll go through this a little faster than the American League. For the East, I have the Braves, especially as they get healthier throughout the season. I think they win that division. The Central, I don't think the Brewers win as many as last year, but I think they win the division. And in the West, it's got to be the Dodgers. Dodgers, I, I believe, will get the one seed this year. All the Dodgers is the one seed. Braves is my two seed, and Brewers is the three seed. So pretty similar um, in terms of with the Braves and Brewers. I just think they swap seeding this year, but still setting up for a rematch in the division series like last year where the Braves won in four. My three wildcard teams, um, first one, I'll go with San Francisco. I think they have a really nice year. And, and even though with some of the losses they had uh, in the retirement of Buster Posey, I still think they get in as a wildcard team. Uh, the second wildcard team I'll go with is the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. I don't love their four and five starters, but they certainly have the potential um, with that offense to get into the playoffs. And then last one is kind of tough because the three teams here in the running for me is this last wildcard spot are the Padres, the Cardinals, and the New York Mets. Mets always seem to let me down, so I don't necessarily know there, especially with the pitching um, and, and the injuries they've had. So I'm not going to pick them. And then it comes down to the Cardinals and the Padres. I'm going to take the Cardinals just because the Padres are going to be without Tatis and Clevenger to start the season. So who knows? Yeah, I – you guys, uh, I pretty have a, pretty much have the same thing. I went Dodgers, uh, Braves getting the two seed. I have Milwaukee getting the three seed. Uh, edging out the Cardinals. Um, I believe for the wild card, I have San Francisco. I have, I do have St. Louis getting in. I think um, them in Milwaukee will have a tight, tight race going down the stretch. And my final team I have um, is Philadelphia. I have them over San Diego. That's just, I mean, if they switch spots, I'd probably go go but their division is a lot tougher at the top you got to play the Giants and Dodgers that many times um it's not sweet in the NOS so I'm going with the Philadelphia Phillies fair enough give me Colin 
give me your World Series and champion. Oh, God. Well, I mean, as much as I'd want to go White Sox, um, they didn't have as good of an offseason as they needed to. I think uh, I probably have said this the last two years, but I'm going with the Dodgers. They have the most complete roster. They continue to uh, to spend on big names. I mean, they deserve it. Shout out to them. Uh, I The only question with the Dodgers really is like, and they don't even really need him, but like Cody Bellinger, because he's he had a really shit spring training. He had an awful season last year. So, I mean, how will he play? I think Gavin Lux could take another step forward. Um, and they did retain Chris Taylor, did they not? They did. All right, okay. I mean, that's that's a complete roster, as complete as it gets. Um, very star-studded. That's my that's my World Series champion. That's a good pick. Ben, who's your champion? Who did you who did you pick the Dodgers over, Colin? Or did you not have an American? Oh, I got the White Sox win the L. Okay, yeah. That's that's my thought. Um I really want to pick I don't I really want to pick someone to knock off the Dodgers, but uh the Giants lost some people and I don't know how they're gonna step up as as much as I want to bank on Joey Bart. You never know if he can just pick up Buster Posey's insane production last year. And then with the other divisions. Brewers, can you trust their offense? Braves, how will they handle the injuries to Macuna coming back? Um, a couple outfield losses. And will Freeman actually be um, – will Olsen actually be an upgrade from Freeman? So there's a lot to bank on. And even though the Dodgers tend to let people down in the playoffs outside of the one, like, bubble year, um, I have the Dodgers coming out of the West – or the, the NOS and then out of the NL. The AL for me is really tough to pick because I don't think there's one team that's, like, head and shoulders above the rest – but eventually, I, it's, it's tough for me to pick this, but I think we get a rematch with Dodgers-Astros. And this time, I think the Dodgers come out on top. That's going to be my World Series pick. But the, I think the AL is going to be really tough to predict. Well, I have to agree with Ben. Uh, there's going to be a Dodgers-World Series rematch in this uh, upcoming World Series. It's just not going to be the Astros. I have a rematch of good old 2020. Give me Tampa mm. Bay knocking off the Dodgers in seven. Here's why. I cool. know they are extremely young, and a lot's going to have to go right for them to do this, but they're pitching. If Shane McClanahan, McClanahan, excuse me, Shane Baz as well, as well as uh, uh, Tyler Glass now will come back later in the year, and Corey Kluber, you don't know a single name in their bullpen, but you know they're going to have a top five bullpen. And they're going to have an MVP candidate, Wander Franco. Vidal Brujan's going to get playing time. They have Austin Meadows. They have Brandon Lau. Mike Zanino's a top five catcher. They have pieces. You know they're the smartest team in baseball. You know they're going to add at some point. I don't see why this team can't win a World Series this year. I fully believe they can, and I fully believe they will. At 11 to 1 odds, by the way. By the I way, like that. Steel. Yeah. That's good. Put throw some dough on that. Oh, I well, I don't know if we were gonna talk about awards, but I would talk to or I put who I have winning each award and then uh they're kind of betting numbers if you guys are interested. Let's hear some let's hear some um, good like good value. 
Yeah, all, all right. So here are my here are my picks for the awards, and then I also put good value picks after that. American League MVP, I have Vlad Guerrero at three to one. Pretty pretty good. I don't I didn't put and there wasn't a whole lot of actually I lied. Uh, for good value picks for the American League MVP, Aaron Judge, twenty-two to one odds, and then Alex Bregman, fifty to one odds. The Bregman one, yeah, I, I think that's very good odds because he's he's totally bounce back year material. Oh yeah, I don't know what Al Cyan going you, but I'm going uh I'm going with Luis Robert, twenty to one. See, I feel like he's. He's such a popular pick to win it that I don't think the number fits the match, if you know what I mean. I feel like he'd be at a, he'd be a good 35 to 1 on pick, not a 20. Mm. I don't think he's a 20. He hasn't played a full 162 game season yet. Um and he strikes out a lot. Hey man, he um, on MVP pace last year if you would have if you if you would have averaged it out to a, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying I, I would have liked a little more value with him. Okay. Um, my AL Cy Young, uh, Shane McClanahan at sixteen to one odds. This guy's gonna be a stud, if not already is. Um, the only other good value pick I had for AL Cy Young was Lance McCullers when he comes back from injury. He's at twelve to one. I like that. For the um, American League Rookie of the Year, I have Spencer Torkelson, believe it or not. He is going to be a stud, and I have him at plus 525. And, uh, and then Bobby Witt is a guy who he, uh, he's at three to one odds to win American League Rookie of the Year. So there's that. NL MVP, I have Ronald Acuna Jr. at plus 750. Um, some good value picks to go along with that are is, uh, is Acuna gonna be able to play enough games? Like I is in his timeline, maybe May. It is May. Um, however, I still I still I may have to end. We were so close, but I, I still no. <laughs> no. Yeah, we are. You're good. Just am I back? Yes, yeah, you're okay. here. Shit! All right, we almost made it. We just need the Acuna. I just I don't. There's not a lot of good value. Um, I would say the only other good one would be Trey Turner to win MVP at fourteen that. to one. But there wasn't – I didn't like a whole lot of good value out of the NL MVP. NL Cy Young, I have Walker Bueller at plus 750. Um, once again, not a whole lot of good value. I don't even think I put another NL pitcher on there. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like a whole lot of value for that. But the NL Rookie of the Year, I like a lot of these. Um, I'm picking O'Neill Cruz to win. NL Rookie of the Year um, at four to one odds, but you have guys like Seiya Suzuki who's at three to one right now. You have Ben's guy Hunter Green. I made sure to put this one on here for you. Thank you. Plus seven fifty, and then you have uh, Sixto Sanchez, who, believe it or not, is still considered a rookie at eleven. That's my guy. 
And then also one I forgot, Max Freed won NL Cy Young 11-1. That was the one I forgot. He was so huge in the playoffs last year. I mean, I hope he gets rocked come Thursday against the Reds on opening day. But after that, he can go out and do whatever he wants. Fair enough. But do you guys have anything else? Because that, I think, wraps up our baseball preview. Not a whole lot else to say. Um, I, I will say I think the American League is going to be a better, I think, more competitive. The Dodgers are head and shoulders, I think, right now, the best team in baseball. But I think the American League will be more competitive than the National League. I feel like right now we have a pretty decent idea of at least two out of three divisions who's going to win. Maybe the NL East, if you don't love the Mets like I don't. I mean, I know that's not every team, but if you don't love yeah. the Mets and the Phillies, I, I personally feel like the Braves are above the rest of the teams in the NL East. But in the American League, I, I think outside of maybe you argue the White Sox, I, don't, I think it's much harder to decide in the American League. So not necessarily it's going to be the better, but it's going to be more competitive. Yeah, but I think that's going to wrap up this episode of Tough Talk Sports Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Remember to like, subscribe, share with a friend. Um, we will get our bracket winner out hopefully later this week. Um, hopefully we'll have whoever wins that on the podcast. And make sure to uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.